Hey, what's up, my guys? Welcome to today's episode. It's good to be back and even better as it's alongside my cousin and co-host, UD. Woo! How are you, my guy? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's good to be here. It feels good to be here. To be honest, I put a bit too much sauce on that. Nobody really cares for you that much. I respect that. That's fair. <laughs> yeah so um i don't like to date the podcast but it's been a quiet week this week in um this week in april super league week it's been a quiet week I've hardly spoken about anything going on in the world would you say the same what's the super league I don't yeah i think there's i think that's that. a league in turkey there's maybe one in denmark ah, or something like that sense. as well that makes sense yeah yeah so yeah it's, it's been a quiet week it's been a quiet week so um yeah but anyway, we, we don't talk about current events. But what we will talk about today is this guest. And I think, I think you're going to struggle this week. Um, look, I've been doubted before. And yeah, on occasion, people have been right to doubt me. But I'm feeling myself, <laughs> all right? We're allowed a, back outside now. I've caught the sun a little. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Spring, spring has sprung and you're feeling good, eh? Okay. Amen. Amen to that. Okay, cool. Well, before we before we go on, so this is obviously this is the Friday uh, that's been released, and we sent out the clues on Instagram. So, congratulations to anyone that figured out who today's guest was going to be. Make sure you reach out on social media and let me know that you were correct, and I'll make sure that people give you the praise that you deserve, because I, I have a feeling Yudi will not get this right. So, credit to you guys. And also, before we go, before we go any further, I want to give sh- a big shout out to my ESPN FC crew and. It's been a lot of fun being retired and working for that company. So shout out to you all. I know you all listen. So next time we speak, make sure you reference this moment. But anyway, are you ready to go for this? You get, you prepared to guess the guest, my guy? I'm, I'm ready. Hit me with it. All right, cool. I've made it particularly spicy this week because the sun's out and you'd be feeling yourself. So you're ready, yeah? Let's go. All right, Let's cool. Go. Clue number one. He is currently playing in the Premier League but has never spent more than two years in the same division during his career. What? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, clue number two. And this is a, this is a tricky one for you because you can't cheat because you're going to be on the clock, but mm-hmm. he could feature in the European championships this summer in group D. Right. Okay. Right. And the third clue is he started his career in League Two before making the jump to the Premier League in his third full season? Right. I've got like a road. I, I think, I think. Come on, I come think, on, come on, come on. So I think that they play for either Sheffield United or Aston Villa, just because of the two years in the same league. Group D, like, what home nations in Group D? Is it Ireland or Scotland? Uh, well, are you are you asking me a question here? What's the deal? Yeah, yeah I'm asking a question. Like, that's my okay. Question. So that's your who, question. Who, which nations in it? Well, it's Scotland. Who? Which, no, which like? All the, give me all the countries in Group D. No, no, no. You've asked one question and the, oh, <laughs> the answer to the same question was Scotland. Okay. <laughs> you played it's yourself. Like it's like that. Okay. Yeah, you're um, on the club from now. Let's go. Uh, see, I was gonna say I was gonna say David McGoldrick, but you you were gonna say yeah, you were gonna say that. But are you saying he's that? Not in, he's not in Group D. Um, Scotland. 
I'm gonna go. <laughs> Can I have one more question? Give me one. This is hard. Right? All right, okay. One more, you can, one more question this week. Yeah, right. one more question what, this what week. What club? What club do they currently play for? Uh, West Brom. Oh wow, I was miles off it. Okay, um, then I'm gonna go Phillips. Matt Phillips. Phillips. Matt Phillips is correct. You're a cheat. You're a cheat. How You're a disgrace. No, nah, di- listen, listen. I got creative with the rules. I didn't cheat. No, that, okay? <laughs> that's called cheating. <laughs> that's, literally, that's literally called cheating. You, you basically asked three questions. <laughs> I, asked the, I, I, at least, I asked at least three questions, all right? Put some respect on you, my name. You cheated. When I was cheating, I cheated properly. I asked to, at least three questions. To be fair but to That me. was really hard. Yeah, because it was supposed to be, but you still got it right, just based on the West Brom thing now. Yeah, West Brom made it easy. Well, you told me Scotland, West Brom is pretty easy. Doesn't count, doesn't count. But anyway, to put things back in order anyway, unlike Yudi who cheated, if you got the answer right, please let us know on Instagram and on Twitter. The handle is kickback underscore Nadam. And don't forget to check the show notes where you'll find information how to send in audio notes to us, as well as having links to the kickback playlist. So without further ado anyway, please sit back and enjoy my conversation with the man that is Matt Phillips. Hey, hey, my guy. Yo, how's that then? Yeah, how are you, man? Yeah, all good, all good. You ready, yeah? Yeah. All right, firstly, I apologize. I'm literally in my bedroom, sitting on a cushion, trying to avoid kids and family in the household, so I apologize for that. It's all a bit bit mad at the minute, so I apologize. But this is what we'll do to get the content, yeah? That's it. As a a doctor bed boy, so I'm nice. Yeah, for sure. Right then, so let's begin. This is... Matt Phillips. So, my guy, you are playing in the Premier League right now, but you actually started at Wickham. That is yep. correct, yeah? So why did you come through at Wickham and not somewhere higher if essentially, you know, you were a Premier League player? <laughs> um, so obviously, so I started, um, I was playing with my Sunday league team. Um, and Wickham used to do these uh, weekend tournaments um, in the summer where... There was obviously scouts and that from various different teams. Um, I think uh, at the time, Reading, Reading were um, interested, um, and I, like, I just, I, to be fair, like, my, like my, with my parents and my, my dad, sort of took the decision. He spoke with the the guy, the gentleman at um, Wickham at the time, and um, yeah, it just went on from there, really. But, um, so why why did they choose Wickham over Reading then? Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, it was uh, in terms of like getting to the the training camps, which mm-hmm. they had. I think it was sort of it was sporadic throughout the the year back then. Um, so it'd be like sort of every three or four months you'd get together um, and then play in a couple of games against teams like Colchester, Oxford, and things like that. Just mm-hmm. within uh, like in and around um, Buckinghamshire, um, which obviously where I grew up and. Um, yeah, I stayed, I stayed there and obviously managed then to get a scholarship um, and then a professional contract there, yeah. Mm, okay. So you mentioned the scholarship professional contract, just being very blase, blase, blah about it. But you made your debut just after your 17th birthday. That's right, isn't it? That's it, yeah. So who who was the manager and why did they actually have so much faith in you from such a young age? So Paul Lambert um, was, that there was a first-team manager at the time and I, I was... Uh, it, was, it it came in my later years at school. Um, I was in the eleven, I think, and I like every, um, 
used to have two days a week where we, we could go and train for, like with the, the youth team, mm-hmm. uh, which is what happened. And Paul Lambert was interested in the youth side of things and we used to come and watch certain games and things like that. Um, getting a scholar, getting a scholarship, I was, I was, I was injured as I was, I was fourteen, and I had a slip disc in my back, which, at that time, was like probably one of the worst times to sort of get something like that because, you're, 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 you're doing all you can really to get a scholarship, and, uh, like, so I was going in training. Um, one like a couple of days a week, and he was watching the youth team train, and like he was impressed with me um, and a few other boys at the time. And then, obviously, as things developed, when I once I got a scholarship and was training full time, the um, he wanted me to train a few times with the first team when they were short of numbers. Um, again, managed to impress, and it it built from there. Mm, okay, 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 okay. That's 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 nice. And do you think? Do you think some of that stuff, like you, you made your debut at seventeen. Do you think if you were at a club that was on a different stage in the footballing league pyramid, do you think you would have done it at the same time, or were you, or do you think some of that's come off the back of the fact that, like, you know, ultimately the club needed to look at youth in terms of having opportunity? Yeah, definitely. I, I often, I often do think. Um, obviously, when you meet other lads and that now that have come sort of come through at the big, bigger teams and and higher up in in, in the leagues you do wonder whether you'd have had the same opportunities mm-hmm. uh, at that sort of level. Um, and who, who knows, really? Um, but for me, the sort of grounding that I got at that early age and making my debut um, and being involved with in men's proper men's football, mm-hmm. um, I feel um, stood me in good stead. Okay. So you are playing. You're playing men's football. You play men's football at a young age. You know, you've basically you before you even had a driver's license. You were playing. You were playing pro men's football. So obviously, yeah. like if you ain't got lifts, you're taking a bus to the games. That's kind of nuts. But yeah. with with all that being said, then you enter the game. But you've in your first season, in your first two seasons, actually. You so you got promoted in the first full season and relegated yeah. in the second one. Like as a young man, does that not affect you in a heavy way, or were you quite calm with it? It, it, honestly, um, I didn't really think about it in those those terms, or probably how I think about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it was just it was just like the like the joy of being like as a professional footballer. Footballer, that's what I, I wanted to do from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel I, I as a, going back to the uh, a bit on the, the original question uh, because I got the opportunity to play and be involved. I feel like. That that's that's where sort of the pro- progression happened, and where you then sort of find your feet and mm-hmm. identify the type of player you're gonna be. And mm-hmm. playing in like League One and League Two so early on, um, you know the physicality of it. I know we're going back a few years, but it's obviously the the type of football has changed now. But it was like physical. He was playing up against a lot bigger lads than what I was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was only a positive for me. I feel. Okay. So. Let me be let me be very very clear here. This is a this is a loaded question because I know what you like as a person, but I want to get it on record. So, was it not hard to stay grounded when you're playing in a first team from such a young age, especially coming through an academy? Because essentially, although Wickham's not the biggest club in the world or anything like that, in this in the town or city of Wickham, the football club is everything. 
So, are yeah. you, so how did you manage to stay grounded when you were receiving so much praise, essentially? Yeah, so, so honestly, there was a there was a, another lad that was with me at the same time, and he'd made his debut a couple of days, or, or sorry, the week before, and it went to his head. Like he completely lost lost himself, and um, like the way he carried himself around the training ground and things like that. Mm-hmm. After back in them days, we had to do um, jobs, so I was cleaning. Um, his name was Derek Duncan at the time. I was cleaning his boots, um, and this this other lad he didn't ended up didn't do his jobs properly. He was getting so then management obviously started to try and clamp down on him, and then before, right right in front of my eyes it unfolded that he was never then seen again within the first team. Yeah, and um, so within like a couple of weeks, I, I see I see that happen and. You, you just know from that, obviously, if you want to continue, you're going to have to, you know, keep your feet on the ground. You obviously, you haven't made, you haven't done anything at that point. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's just where my mind was at at the time. Do you know, so you mentioned the jobs thing and I don't know if it's still to the same level now, but, you know, when I was younger, I was doing jobs as well. Do you think they were a good thing? And do you think it's something that should be carried on? Or was it essentially something that only made sense back then and doesn't make sense now? No, I think it does. I think it's yeah. It's obviously left left like the majority. I don't know what it's like in sort of the the lower leagues at at this moment, but um, certainly the clubs that I've been at more, most recently, you know, the it's, it's sort of against the rules for the the kids essentially to to do anything. And um, you know, for, for like for for me personally, I think it should stay within the game. Mm. Um, I feel like also. Doing, for example, a, a first team player's boots, you can then gain that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So then, you're pulled out of your reserve team or your youth team to go and train with the first team, you sort of have like a like, like a connection with someone. So it's not so daunting when you're going in there. Yeah, okay, I get that. But with all due respect, as well, though, you just want your boots clean. So I get it. I get it totally. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm with yeah. you on that. Listen, get clean my boots. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I respect like, you. Yeah, yeah great, that, man. That, that, that happened now. Like, um, West Brom, for example, the, the kit men, like, we give we give them some some uh, money or yeah, like a, at Christmas, and um, they get on with it. But um, I, I was for, for me for me personally, I was I was um, for it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing to talk about. To go sideways for a second and talk about kit men and other people who work within teams because some of the audience they don't. One thing I found with doing the podcast is that every story that I tell, it seems like it feels like a boring story to me till you realize that most people have never heard it before. And so yeah. then when you tell it, you can, you're like narrating what it's like to be as a professional and kit men, cleaners, um, people working in the kitchen. These are people who don't get enough praise. But I tell you what, if they didn't turn up for one day, everything yeah. falls apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? So shout to all the kit men, all the nutritionists, all the sports scientists, all those people, man. They're, you're all you're all essential. But anyway, yeah, so sure. you're in League Two then with Wickham, and then you make the jump to go to play with Blackpool in the Premier League. That's a yeah. lot of steps on a ladder to miss out. And I'm going to be very, very clear on that. So how did you yeah. feel when the opportunity came? Did you think you were ready or was it just like, wow, this is this is it? Yeah, I thought like uh, it come out of nowhere. To be fair, like I'll tell, um, tell you the story. I was I was actually on the bus to go to, I think it was playing Northampton away, and um, the manager at the time was Gary Woodock, and he's pulled me off the bus literally as it's about to pull away, and he says that 
Blackpool have like we just accepted a, an offer from Blackpool and obviously being a player you um like you hear agents telling you this mm-hmm. club that whatever but Blackpool was never ever mentioned especially the Premier League it was never ever mm-hmm. a thing and then um yeah it was like like it, it, it was a gift and like one that obviously going up there I wasn't I wasn't thinking oh like oh like it's it's, it's the Premier League blah 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 it's, it was just like like wow, where's where's this come from? To be fair, what probably what probably helped was Blackpool, with all due respect, wasn't uh, and like an established Premier League side. They'd yeah. done great to get to to get to where they was. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah, it was a it was a whirlwind of a day for sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet that sounds nuts. But then also in the same breath, it's something that most people probably dream of having. But. Mm-hmm. The other side of this, so you go into play then, you're making the steps up in the ladder, but then also you're making a step to move to a whole new place as a young man. You know, it's fair to say that even though you've been playing first-team football for, say, three years or whatever at this point, you're still not at the point whereby people will look at you and say, yeah, that is that is a man who's established in life, let alone football. Yeah. So how yeah. did you actually find that move heading up to the north, you know, where the sky is just that bit more blue, you know, people a bit more friendly, all that stuff. How was it? But more cold up north. Right? <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was uh, it was it was difficult. Um, like obviously, I'd I I moved out of my, of my mum mum and dad's house when I was sixteen, but that was moving half an hour down the road to into Wickham, yeah. where I was staying in Diggs. Um, but to go three and a half hours up north, um, like no none of your pals around, um, like on your, for the first like week or so you are on your own mm-hmm. um i had to learn to cook Oof. uh clean Oof. Uh, like just yeah just e- even little things like like general bills and things like that you don't even think about that as mm-hmm. a as, as a kid um so how then did you feel your game matched up now that you've jumped through all those leagues did you find that the stuff you were doing in league two could make sense in the top tier or did you have to change your game straight away I feel, I feel, I feel like the the biggest step you take, I think, and the, the the players that you're then surrounded by, I feel like your like general day to day training you improve anyway. So mm-hmm. I think like it's it's hard to put a, a finger on it, but within like the first few weeks, your 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 game starts to adapt anyway. And as you said, like going up there at nineteen, I wasn't the finished article as it was. I knew I still had things to to progress with and things to improve um so i feel like moving up there change of change of players um better better players players that played higher the same level as well mm-hmm. as higher nationals um i feel like your game adapts anyway yeah and how did you find then because unfortunately for blackpool that year that you did go down so how did you find the pressures of essentially being in a relegation fight in the premier league when so many more eyes are on everything that you do you know it's not just one or two things it's everything all the time yeah um definitely so up until um up until christmas we was we was flying high i think we was we was up at like the top 8 um and then after christmas the wheels sort of fell off and i think the system and and how we played sort of got found out a bit especially the second time you go around to play the teams. So, yeah. um there wasn't necessarily like a thought of a relegation scrap until towards really towards the end. Um the re- the rest of it was just like it was like you was just flying high and as I say we had a really good start. 
um, was playing really good football, getting a lot of good press, um, individuals getting good press, and it was all it was all positive. Um, and then obviously, yeah, on the flip side, then when you're in a, a relegation fight, but we sort of stayed within it, where we was constantly ne- like nearly getting out or out of it, and then we drop back in. Mm-hmm. So it, it's completely different to sort of how I found it with West Brom and um, Q, uh, QPR, for example. Mm-hmm. So in your second year then at Blackpool, um, you've gone from year one playing in the Premier League to year two, bizarrely having to go on loan. And you go on yeah. loan to a team in League One. Is that right? Yeah. In Sheffield in Sheffield United, which yeah, you know, that was for it. people who don't really remember whatever. And <laughs> you, you, score in, you scored six goals. It was a month loan. You scored six goals in seven games. Like before yeah. there was like... Lingardinho or you know Messi Lingard there was there was Matt Phillips at Sheffield six goals in seven games on a loan like that's that's top tier that's that's spicy but surely they must have wanted you to stay after you perform like that and make did you not want to stay as well when you were really sort of playing that level of football yeah I did and at the time at the time yeah I did I did want to stay um the reason I went on 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 loan is um so I went to the I went away with um England for the under 20 world cup Okay. And um, that meant me missing a large chunk of preseason um, and coming back late. So obviously the like I was kind of sort of out of sight, out of mind, um, if you like. So then when I came, when I came back, I don't I don't think Ian Holloway at the time particularly wanted me to go away, um, but obviously he was never going to begrudge me that sort of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether that sort of played a, a a part in his mindset, then when I come back the you know, I, I probably come back and I wasn't quite as fit as where I should have been. Obviously, I didn't have a, a pre-season, although I had been playing games. Yeah. And obviously, other players had come in at this point. Um, so maybe I found myself sort of down in the pecking order. Um, so, yeah, I went, so I go out, go out and loan. And, you know, Sheffield United is obviously a massive club, especially to be in League One. And, uh, yeah, I went there and I knew I had to... Um, get my act together. I had to um, sharpen up, um, find some form, and yeah, like as you say, six and six. Um, I feel like I, I did a reasonably. Good- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, there's literally nothing more that someone could ask for. They bring you in on a month's low, and you score six goals in six games, or whatever. Like, yeah, that's it. But credit to you because you went back to Sheffield. Oh, sorry, you went back to um, Blackpool and you finished the season. You've scored 12 goals in 40 games for Blackpool, taking your tally to 18 in total in 47 games. And yes, I think that's I th- Listen, <laughs> I, when I come, I come prepared, all right? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk it like it is. And I think that's your best tally in your career. Is that right? 18 in yeah, the season? Yeah, probably, yeah. So what was it then? What was it about your game that year that just clicked so well? Because like 18 goals for somebody, 18 in 47 is a better rate than a lot of strikers who people like here. But if this was you essentially not playing as a nine as such, but you were yeah. playing as an attacker. So what what was working so well? For for me, for me throughout my career it's been um like a confidence issue. Um something that I feel like throughout my career I've sort of um battled with and um tried my best to overcome at like different um periods. Um and obviously, to go to Sheffield United and score those goals, and then I had regular contact with Ian Holloway while I was away, also. And he, Ian Holloway, was definitely a man at the time that 
could fill you with confidence as yeah, well. Not yeah. So much as in like, like I'm just gonna like build you up, build you up if it's not necessary. But you know, when when you deserve it, it was definitely full of praise. And when I came back to Blackpool, he was that delighted for me that I'd gone away and not not gone under, not sulked, um, come back to try and be a better player. Um, you know, he just filled me with, filled me again with the same confidence as he did when we was in the Premier League, and. Yeah, um just riding the wave, really. Why, why do you reckon it is then that, say, throughout your career, this feeling of confidence has been something that you've needed? Because ultimately, like, I played with you for a few years, and I understand how good you can be. And mm-hmm. if I had that level of ability, especially as an attacker, in my mind, and obviously I can't project this onto anybody, but in my mind, I'd almost feel excited to go out to playing games because yeah. I can do something which makes the game. Like, I'll be honest, for me as a defender throughout my entire career, I'd kind of look forward to games, but the things which I'm looking forward to aren't things which you'd ever want to talk to anybody about. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to tackle this guy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a great block and all this stuff. Like, that stuff, I'll be honest, is nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But then someone like you, like, I think it was in the game for QPR against um, Palace. That's one of the best goals that some people have ever seen. Like, I'm friends yeah. with Dwight Gale, and he talks yeah. about that goal today. Because he was yeah. on the field and he, and you know what I mean? He he witnessed it and he's talk, he still just mentioned it to me. Like, I didn't score the goal, but he's, he's yeah. talking to me about it. So what, yeah. where, where, where was, where has this sort of like confidence issue come from? And how come essentially it hasn't been something which has just been able to be put to the side from earlier in your career? Yeah, I mean, but in, in the same breath, it's like, you see when, when you're, you're defending and you see if you're playing up against, I don't know, like any of the top boys. Yeah, yeah. The first tackle in the game, you take the ball from him. The rest of the game, you're thinking like, yeah, like I'm the man. Yeah. So, like, I I, I believe that it's a, it's a it's a similar thing, but for the, for the majority of players, but just in different scenarios. Like I used to go out and I feel like I put when I, when I say the, the the confidence, I feel like I put so much pressure on myself that I wanted to do yeah, like so well and um, do everything so precisely and. And be the man out on the pitch. Mm-hmm. That then, I don't know if you start the start the game and like the left back's got the better of you a couple of times, or um, you like you've missed a, a a good chance or something like that. Because of the pressure that I put on myself, I feel like that would then like have a have a negative effect on me. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. It's it's not. It's not. It wasn't necessarily confidence, as in oh, I don't believe that yeah. I'm a good. Mm-hmm. It's just. The pressure that I like put on myself to to try and be the best I can be. Yeah, I've got I've got a confession here. So for me, throughout my career, I'd probably say you can count on one hand the amount of times when I was giving it like slick talk in a game to an attacker. It doesn't matter yeah. how well I was playing. And the reason I do that, or I did that rather, was because a defender could have a great game, an attacker mm-hmm. could have a nightmare, but the attacker can do the one thing which wins the game, and they walk off the field with the bragging rights, and they're the hero. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, I would never say a word. Like, I could be playing 10 out of 10, owning yeah. someone, but then they could literally step up and just whap one into the top corner from 50 yards. And yeah. I've got to just, I've got to sit there and take your it. Performance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the moral of the story is anyway, for everybody listening, is just don't be a defender. Just be an attacker and you've always got a second <laughs> chance. You know what I mean? But You had to Anyway, well, when I was younger, I was an, I was an attacker and I was cleaning up. But then there was an incident, and then from that point, I was never allowed to go forward again. So let's not <laughs> let's not talk about that too much. So to get back to it anyway, to Gitama, uh Blackpool, I think it was the twenty 
2012-2013 season and mm-hmm. Southampton have been promoted back to the Premier League. Yep. And they came and they offered, for people that don't know, offered £5 million, £5 million sterling to bring yeah. you back to the Premier League. Yeah, Blackpool said no. You put in a transfer request. How do you look back on that time now? Do you think it was the right thing to do? Or is it, or do you regret doing that? Um... <laughs> If yeah, if I'm honest, in terms of the transfer request, um, I just don't think it really carried any weight. I think (laughs) (laughs) at least you're honest. The the, um, I think like the 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 staff knew I wanted to go. Um, Like in that situation, I think if you find it hard to blame anyone that wanted to go back to the Premier League. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think I feel like yeah, especially with like the owner at the time, Carl Oyston, he wasn't uh, like you probably heard and listeners probably heard, but he wasn't obviously one of the nicest characters. So yes. What what I what, what I would say to like a younger me was that it didn't matter whether I wrote it down on a bit of paper or wrote him an email or whatever. I wasn't going to be going if he said nah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like in terms of the transfer request, it was probably the wrong thing to do. I feel that fans then see that as a, a, a disrespect to the club, which it never it never was. Um, it was just me wanting to take an opportunity that was being presented to me. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Some of those opportunities, they don't come around. They're not guaranteed to come around. You never know what the next thing is. And obviously, you've had a, you've had a very good career regardless of that move itself. But... To be invited back to the Premier League, one thing I've seen as time has passed, especially for players who are not necessarily the age you were then, but in sort of like mid-20s to late-20s and so on. There are players in the Championship who are good enough to play in the Premier League, but will never do so because they're not at the right club. Because the market for older-ish type players to come to the Premier League isn't isn't massive. There's There's a different type of investment that's going on in the Premier League to the point where if you're a youngster like really young, you might have a chance. Otherwise, maybe they're looking at established people in the Premier League already. Yeah. But people don't want to take a chance on somebody who's 25, 26, 27 years old. Just see if they can can do it or not. Exactly, yeah. When they could buy someone who's in there already who is doing it, you know. So it's, uh, these you have to you have to weigh up these opportunities. But why do you think they didn't let you go? Um, on, honestly, I... I don't know the the actual reason why not, but I know at the time there was some confusion around how how I knew about the transfer and whether it was legitimately done. Um, Carlos and the, the the chairman at the time thought that I'd been I'd been like illegally tapped up, is, is what they say. Right. Um, so at the same time we had. Uh, like officials from, from like the 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 governing bodies or whatever around football to investigate and find out whether any contact had been made before they had made contact with mm-hmm. Blackpool. Um, so that that was how it sort of boiled over, rather than them saying, "No, you're not going because of this or that." You're okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, how did the move to QPR come about? So then I after after all of that I then had another I had another full season at Blackpool. Um that was a relegation scrap. Uh, we managed to get out of a couple of games to go. 
And yeah, in that summer, I heard of the, the interest from QPR and I think I had a year left on my, or an option year left on my contract at Blackpool. Mm-hmm. Obviously for them to sort of get anything back on their investment, it was the best thing for them and certainly the best thing for me. Did you um, did you have any other options or was QPR the one and only one? No, QPR was the only real concrete um, option. Um, there was the one that were most keen and um, yeah, it all got wrapped up pretty quickly. You know, so for the years then that you've played in, you'd played in League Two, played in League One for a little bit, played in the Premier League, played in the Championship. That first year at QPR, I think, was the first time you were promoted from the Championship to the Premiership. Yeah. What would you say that? What did that feel like? Was that something which, like, there's playing in the Premier League, and one thing I found that season in particular was like earning the right to be back because I'd been a Premier League player to that point but earning the right to be back in the Premier League I understood it to a whole new level because for my earlier years I'd always played there but what you have to do to get there for me like that was a special year overall like it had a lot of lows and stuff but the way that it ended like I look back on those with you know really fond memories and so on so what would you say your best sort of memories or moments were from that first season when you were there? Um, definitely, definitely the way the way it ended, which was the um, Bobby's goal. Yeah, in the last few minutes, like that was like it was like there's so much of the the whole season really got tied up within that game. Like there was so much um, emotion mm. within the game. Like we had the sending off. Um, then like obviously we're, so we're down to ten men and the game's going to extra time. Mm. And then um, coming up with the, the brilliance at, at the end. Um, it just felt like every like, and uh, the, the times you've been promoted before, it's like the whole season is then sort of justified, and um, it's all come down to that that one moment. And yeah, that th- th- that definitely that playoff the playoff final day was 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 the most memorable part. There were so many ups and downs throughout. Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. What um. What were your first impressions when you first came to QPR? Because one thing that I found, so I I did end up enjoying my time there, but like the, with all due respect, the QPR scam when I was there was to take people to the stadium, get them to sign, then bring them to the training ground because yeah. the training ground's nowhere near as good as the stadium. You know, yeah. that, that's the, that's the setup. They catch you with it. Like I remember yeah. day one, I think I might've said this story before in the past, but I was I arrived, I saw the like porter cabins, parked my car, went in, whatever, put my gear on, then went into the gym and I was stretching on the floor and I saw about 10 years worth of dust under one of the treadmills. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, the stadium look, the stadium box was nice, yeah, but what's what's going on here? But yeah, what were your first impressions? Um, for for me, it was it was more, like I did the, did the same thing. I went to the, the, the stadium before and, but for me, it was more. So my my time at Blackwood sort of ran its course, um, and I was I had a I had a broken elbow at the time. So QPR actually showed the faith in me to to sign me at that point, knowing I was injured. Yeah, and I missed the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, so it's it, it was full of joy. Obviously, walking into the the, the training ground, and obviously I. Didn't, I'd heard about the players that were still there. Um, you know, these are some top top players. Um, you know, the tra- the changing room was definitely one of the 
in terms of ability, one of the best mm-hmm. um, I played in at that point. And, you know, it was, it was going to be another one of those where me coming from the lower leagues to Blackpool, though I played in the Premier League, but to be surrounded by established Premier League players, I had to sort of up my game again and go to a, a, another level to make sure it was going to be a success. Mm-hmm. So you ended up staying at the club for three years. And I think your last season was actually the most productive in terms of games played and goals scored. Yeah. So at this point, I'll be saying, well, why did you leave? But instead, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think during your three years there, you performed for any periods at your absolute best? Or was it a time where you were there and you were almost just a little bit off what you needed to be? Yeah, probably... Um... Because so I had a I had a couple of injuries also, so I missed like so I had an ankle injury the second half of the first year when we got promoted, um, which I was hoping to be back before the playoffs, which then something else happened and that sort of knocked me out of being involved for the playoffs. So I spent a lot of time out injured, um, had various different issues in my last year. But the second year, so when we was in the prem, when we was in the prem, um, like loss of form probably at the beginning. Um, I think so. I was in sort of Harry Redknapp's plans at the beginning, but hmm. <laughs> form form made made me uh, made me uh, got like got me taken out, and um, it was more again again going back to like the that sort of confidence side of it um, and the pressure I put on myself. I felt like when we went out to the Premier League. Again, it was another another time for me then to progress, and with that weight that I sort of, what, what I say that I put on myself, it that I had a negative effect, and like I couldn't couldn't quite get to to grips with it. Although I had played in the Premier League before, mm-hmm. um, but then I feel like in the second half of that season, um, then I really got to the grips with it, and you know Chris Ramsey was good for me at the time. Um, we did a lot of extra work, uh, a lot of, a lot of sort of d- like dumbing down my game really, and and t- trying to get out like my best attributes and um, the, the things that I'm good at, and going back to them, and yeah, just uh, again, just uh, another another step up, another level up. Mm, so you ended up going to West Brom. Then how did that move come about? Could you have stayed at QPR? Um, yeah, I could have. I could have stayed. Um, there was so the 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 summer of when we got relegated. There was a bit of noise around West Brom. Um, again, it didn't happen. Um, there was obviously no transfer request this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I had a, a, a I'd say a reasonably productive season. Um, I think I finished on ten goals, um, and then. That summer again, I was sort of a year away from the end of my contract, and again, it was a, I was at a good age, twenty five, I feel, think, and it was a a good good time for the club to sell and and also myself. But, who who was the manager at West Brom at the time? Uh, Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis. Okay, so Tony Pulis has a reputation of playing a certain type of football, which yeah. involves as many centre backs as possible on the field. <laughs> so. 
just looking at it from the outside, I wouldn't have thought that that would be the type of, you'd be the type of player that he'd be interested in. But did it? Turn, how did that turn out to not be the case? What did, what did he want from you from when you arrived? So I think at the time, West Brom were sort of going through a, a period where they wanted a few younger faces, um, like a bit more athleticism, um, which is obviously an attribute of mine. Um, and he... Although you say that, I feel like, like I probably played some of my best football that first year at um, West Brom, where he improved me defensively, but still gave me the freedom to go and produce okay. going forward. And um, so I feel like in terms of like my all-round game, which obviously at 25, I was still, I still feel like there was, there was boxes that needed ticking for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely, um, definitely helped me. Yeah. Okay, so you, I think you've been there oh, just five seasons now, maybe five years. And even though the club they face relegation, gain promotion, and so on, like you are still there. This is the longest you've been at a club so far in your career. You've played over 150 games for the club. So, yeah. I, what's keeping you there? Have you got a different set of priorities now? Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, it's um, it, you know, West Brom's a really good club. Um, obviously, we've been through a. A number of managers in in the past few years, but the people, the 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 one thing I can say about West Brom is that the the staff that are there day to day at the training ground, um, they're lovely people, and for for me, being around good people is is a, a, like a one one of the main things for me. And although again, there's been a a change two or three times in terms of the the team and the lads that have been around. The, the club's always managed to find good people and good players. And that's what I, that's what I enjoy most about, about West Brom. Yeah, no doubt. And this is, that was kind of a loaded question because I had this next one teed up or whatever. But have your ambitions changed at all now that you've brought a child into the world? Finally, Matt Phillips has done it. He's, he's done the right <laughs> thing and he's, he's had a child. Like, have your ambitions changed or are you still the same guy? Um, no, I'm still the same guy. I still, like, still, I'm, I'm ambitious. Um, you know, I'd like to, like, so I, I'm still hoping that we, we manage to, you know, pull off the great escape and keep ourselves up this year. Um, although there's a, there's a mountain to climb, but like, I still feel like my, my drive's still the same. Um, obviously, 30 now, and as you say, welcomed, welcomed my son to the world a year ago, mm. and uh, you know that's. That's pro- it's probably probably helped me a lot more because I feel then away from football, at the moment I leave football, my focus is then on my family. Yeah. Uh, and you have less time then to be going over what you did, mm-hmm. what you did there. And um, so the, my, my focus in terms of football is still just as strong, but I have um, additional... Just, just you wait till your son's a bit older because this is something that I found. I could be I could be so stressed from work, training, whatever. I walk through the door, they come flying towards you yeah. and they're not asking you, Oh, how was training today? Oh, yeah. how was the game? How yeah. how are you in the league? Oh, how yeah. this? And you can't help but look at them and go to where they're at instead of yeah. being around people who like as an adult and you've been around other adults, they know when your mood's funny because you've lost a game and so on and so forth. And it's a tough thing to address. Like you always have to set the temperature yourself as an individual, but it's different with kids. 
kids just bring you back to a far, far better place. So you, you, I'll, I'll come back to you in a few years and see how you're getting yeah. on. I'll see, I'll see how that's doing. So, yeah. so for all the places you've, uh, you've played so far, then, um, and say in theory, if you were to stop playing right now, which of the clubs do you think would welcome you back the best by their fans? <laughs> um. Well, I kind of burnt my fingers with, with Blackpool. Um, QPR wasn't... It was a bit iffy. Uh, I'd like to think I've got a good good rapport with the fans at West Brom. Um, and... And well, like Wickham. Wickham would be, uh, I think, open. Okay. And which club... I was In fact, not which club. Let's go specific. Which teammates, which groups of teammates at the clubs saw the best of you that you feel? I think those that saw me in my first year at West Brom. Okay, okay, okay. And which manager to date, manager to date, has gotten the best out of you? It's a, t- it's a tough one between Tony Pulis and Ian Holloway. Although my game, my game wasn't, my game wasn't, let's say, like sort of complete at Blackpool. I feel like the what Ian Holloway got me out, got out of me that year was 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 definitely up there. Um, but then Tony Pulis sort of made me more of a rounded player, and un- definitely understood the game a lot a lot better. Okay, so let me you you saw before that I came prepared with stats and so on. Yeah, so fortunately or unfortunately, then did you know? that so far in your career, you've only ever had two seasons maximum back-to-back where you've been in the same division. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a wicked stat. That's a wild, wicked stat. That's like on a par with, um, well, no, to be fair, there was one which I was semi-involved in mm-hmm. in 2012 when City won the league because I did play a league game for City. So yeah. there was half a stat that I was going to be the only player to have played for a team that won the league and been relegated in the same season. <laughs> But thankfully, we put that one to bed. We don't need to yeah. even discuss that one anymore. <laughs> so with yeah. all that being said anyway, yeah. do you feel, not that you've really, probably never really had to think about this, do you feel this is that's a frustrating thing because you've never had like significant, true league-level stability or has it always just been a blessing to just be able to play? It's, it's definitely a blessing to play, but yeah, it's um, obviously like... When when you first join, like, I don't know. When I first joined West Brom, they had they'd been in the Premier League for sort of eight years at the time. Um, so my thinking then was that it was a stable Premier League mm-hmm. side. Um, obviously, things didn't work out in my second year there. Um, but no, that's uh, it's, it's. I've never I've never actually like looked at. It. Yeah, like, listen, like, you don't have to. That's my job. I look for yeah. those things and I will tell you about them. <laughs> Stat man, Neds. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're, we're getting close towards the end. But throughout your career then, is there any particular moment which you'd love to relive? Not to change, just to be back on the field doing that same thing again? Either the either the, 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 the promotion day or... Sorry, the, so two promotions. So the one at QPR when Bobby scored and the one at West Brom last year, because obviously like with it, you'd, you'd like to sort of make it, make it last a bit longer. Whereas yeah. obviously we, there wasn't a lot we could do because obviously the, the pandemic, um, 
But I'd also like to score my goal against Palace again. Oh, there it is. For people that have not seen that, it's one of the toughest shots you've yeah. ever seen in your life. There was no reason to shoot from that distance. And the worst thing about it from my defensive perspective was that goal gave us hope, even yeah. in a hopeless situation. Like we yeah. were dead and buried and you scored and was like, well, let's go, guys. Everyone always says that. Like, what, what? Why was you shooting from there? But at the time, I didn't realize it was that far out. And <laughs> there was an opportunity to shoot, like literally, like the, the the last time I kicked the ball before that. But I passed it sideways to Adele. Yeah. And what I wish I shot. And then that that time I got it, and I, like yeah, as I said, I've got to be honest, I didn't think it was as far out. Yeah, it's it's way too far to be shooting from, but <laughs> obviously not so if you score. So the opposite side of that coin, then. If those moments you'd like to relive, is there a moment you wish you could forget? Um, no, I believe that everything everything that's probably seen as negative has in turn had a positive impact. No, so, look, this guy's good. This guy's good, guys. This guy's yeah. good. He prepared this one. This is this is the one yeah. he gives to the Daily Mail. He gives to Sky Sports. Yeah, this guy's good. <laughs> This guy's good. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. So I've got two more questions. And the first one is then, what would you define as success in this final, say, third of your career? Um, you weren't ready for this one, were you, boy? Huh? Huh? Uh, See? Got me off guard. Um, success. So, so for, for me, playing at the highest level, for like my for as for obviously as long as as long as possible. Um, I feel like I look after myself. Um, so I'd like to think that you know I've got a few more years playing it. See, you, see, you've tried it, you've tried it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in to make it as add a second layer to this. Are you talking about playing at the highest level, or you being personally at the highest level that you can be at any given moment? No, playing. Okay. For, for me, like I've just come out of a period where I wasn't playing too regularly, and um, like for, for like I don't know how some lads can, you know, sort of stick around when you're seemingly not wanted. Um, for me, I've got to be playing. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to be playing at the highest level as well. Hopefully, with West Brom staying in the league, staying in the Premier League, so playing in the Premier League. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay. That's, that's the thing. Well, let's hope you get it. But now it's time for the final question. So everybody that's come on the show, they give me a five-a-side team of players that they've played with, the best that they can have. And I know, like, people, the listeners must feel weird every time I have to say to people, it's one goalkeeper plus five attackers or five players. Because usually in our football world, they might say six-a-side and we only think of six, we think of six outfield, sorry, we think of five outfielders and we yeah. forget the goalkeeper. But I'm talking about... Does a keeper on four or keeper on five? Keep, a keeper on four. See, that's what I mean. That, like I say it and people, I have to reiterate that that's what it is. It's only five players. And people are like, why does he keep saying that? It's five aside. Well, in the football world, five aside means something completely different. Yeah. So, so go on and hit me up. So I will go with Ben Foster in goal. That's a solid start. I will go with... So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the defenders, but so Nico typical Kanchi. typical attacker typical attacker. I'll come back to the defenders. I just need to get the get the exciting things out first. Yeah, Nico Crunchers in. Yup. Um. So I've got I've got three more. Um. We're gonna go with. 
Because there's a time limit here. Uh, no, 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 no. Listen, as, I can just edit the silence out anyway. Don't worry about that. Um, striker. Striker would be... Think think five aside. You don't have to think who's effective in 11 aside. Think who's effective in a five aside. The type of team oh. where like you see them on the opposite side of you and you're like, nah, it's going to be a tough day. Solomon Rondon. Is that, is that a post-up guy? Or is he more than that? Yeah, I need someone to bounce off. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Um, I'm going to go... Oh, it's tense, it's tense, it's tense. It, it's tense. There's, there's a couple of... Uh, uh, Listen, you don't have to put a defender in. If you want to go all-out attack, go all-out attack. Just assume you're going to keep all the ball. I've got, Ch- got Chazza as well. I'd like to have Chazza in there. Charlie Austin. He's in there. I Goals. like that. Guaranteed. Has he, has he been on yet? No, he's not been on yet. No, he's not been uh, on yet. So don't worry. When he comes on, I'll make. Sh- I'll ask yeah, him. Bro. I'll ask him if you make his team. <laughs> That's the test. <laughs> um, and I've and I've got one more. You got one more, yeah. So, um, so you don't have a defender. You don't have like a sitting midfield or anything. But that's completely up to so you. Definitely. Yeah, that's I'll a fact. I'm going to go Johnny Evans. Yeah, Johnny Evans is nice. He's a, he's, he's nice, man. Like, I, I'm hoping to get him on the show at some point as a red and a very understated, very top-quality footballer. So, yeah. But that's yeah. it. But that's it, bro. That's it. We've done it. We've done it. Thank you very much. I'm sorry it's taken 75 episodes to, to ask you to come on. But I was wondering, I was wondering, you know, I was thinking. Listen, that. relax. Good things come to those <laughs> who wait. This, the production level today is different to what it was a year ago. So it's okay. actually a gift to be on now <laughs> as opposed to a year ago. All right? <laughs> so cool, man. Well, thank you very much, man. And hopefully, hopefully you guys can do something special in this last few games of the season. I'll be watching. Yep. And uh, yeah, you've been. Uh, I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you. Let's just say that. Right, hey, it's been a pleasure, bro. Yeah, Thank well, you. Take it easy, man. All the best this week. And you. Take it easy. Bye. So there you have it, my people. Thanks again for tuning in, like always. And a big shout out to Matty for sharing his story with us. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't done so already. And why not reach out to us on social media to tell us about how much you love us and this podcast? The handle is kickback underscore Nadem. And for all those wondering, you'll be pleased to know we were never, ever, ever signed up to be a part of the Super League. So thank you to producer Ryan Hell for all his work off mic. And lastly, all I have left to say is stay safe and stay tuned. Bye for now.